I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k flats. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. It's 101. Quiet, please. You ready for the big show? In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved Republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Lars. No. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. Lars Larson. Every one of these cases you see comes out of the White House. It comes out of Biden. It's election interference, and it's really very sad. That is Donald Trump. Donald John Trump, the president of the United States, and cheated of the presidency in 2020. And today, the United States Supreme Court heard the oral arguments of the latest effort by America's political left to literally tell Americans, you're not allowed to vote for this guy. We're going to take him off the ballot. There were efforts in 19 states, at least, to try to take Donald Trump's name off the ballot. And they didn't work. And today, the U.S. Supreme Court, and I'll give you some of the details we know about today. Today, the nine justices heard what are called oral arguments. That's when the lawyers, who've already submitted briefs to the Supreme Court, and the justices have already had a chance to read those briefs in one of those cases, the one involving the state of Colorado. That's when they get a chance to hear the lawyers make their arguments, and then significantly to ask questions of the lawyers and that tells you a lot about where the court may be headed we don't know when a decision will come down it is likely to come down sooner rather than later but i'm going to predict right here i think it's going to be a nine to zero it could be an eight to one but I think that nine of the justices are going to decide it is absolutely lunatic for them to say to states in America, any time your state, whether it's blue or red, doesn't like a presidential candidate, and you can gin up some kind of excuse, even if it's a very thin excuse, you're allowed to simply take that candidate off the ballot altogether. In fact, if the liberals are thinking, and sometimes it appears they don't think very, very well, if they're thinking at all, they're going to realize if we can let Colorado take Trump off the ballot this time, then that means red states can take a liberal candidate off the election ballot. All they have to do is come up with some kind of excuse, whether it's well-founded in the law or the facts or anything else, 
and they'll simply remove the name from the ballot. In other words, they're opening up the kind of Pandora's box that I think even the liberals are not stupid enough to open up that Pandora's box. But let me get into the details of that in just a moment. First, welcome to the best conversation in talk journalism. It's right here every day at 866-HEY-LARS. And if you happen to be a naysayer, we're going to put you right to the head of the list at 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And if you do happen to be one of those naysayers, somebody who thinks that the state of Colorado was right to declare Donald Trump guilty of a crime he's never actually been indicted for, to find him guilty in a trial without evidence, without testimony, without that old constitutional nonsense about having the right to confront your accusers, without any of that stuff, they found him guilty of a crime he's literally never been accused of. And believe me, at this point, with 91 different indictments, I mean, the Democrats have thrown everything but the kitchen sink against Donald Trump. And why? Because they know he's going to win the Republican nomination this year. They know he's going to win the presidential election this year. They know they have a demented dimwit as their current candidate. They have no convenient way to kick Joe Biden to the curb. And even if they did, then they have to explain to Democrat stalwarts why they're not going to let Kamala Harris be the nominee. Because then they're going to have to explain why they would deny that opportunity to a female person of color. And for Democrats, that's especially inconvenient. Now, for conservatives, wouldn't be a problem at all. We'd simply say, she's not up to the job. We can tell after more than three years as vice president... You wouldn't trust her to run a popsicle stand, let alone be president of the United States, because conservatives make their decisions based on a person's skills and abilities. Democrats, they've got to check all those boxes. And once they're checked, whether they were checked to make an affirmative action hire, like the current vice president or even one member of the U.S. Supreme Court, they've checked that box. They can't uncheck that box very, very easily. You can also vote in our Twitter poll. Used to call it the Twitter poll, now it's the X poll. You can find it on X at Lars Larson Show. You can also find it on my website at LarsLarson.com. But I want to give you a couple of thoughts about this. Can the Democrats really do what they claim they're doing? They claim they're defending democracy. They don't appear to know that America is not a democracy. It is, in fact, a constitutional republic, a federalist republic in which the states have most of the authority. The federal government, in theory, has a little bit of authority, and the people have the greatest amount of authority because the government derives its right to govern from the consent of the governed. Yes, there were some great things the founders came up with, and we live by them today. But can you really defend the democratic elements of our Federalist Republic by stripping the name of America's literal most popular presidential candidate and take him off the ballot? I mean, it seems like a contradiction in terms. We're going to defend democracy by telling voters you're not allowed to vote for that guy. The guy with orange hair, the guy with the mean tweets, the guy who is the odds-on favorite to win the presidency come November. Can you really do that and defend democracy and deny the vote to the people at the same time? Well, the United States Supreme Court heard those oral arguments today, and they're considering Colorado. I mentioned it. This is the one case where it originates. But once the Supreme Court declares either Colorado can or can't take Donald John Trump off the ballot, all those other cases are going to effectively be decided. The ones where they haven't even had a decision yet. We've got Colorado, we've got Maine, we've got lawsuits in a whole bunch of other states. 
Well, insurrection, let's start with that. Insurrection is a federal criminal charge. Who would bring that charge? The DOJ. Only the Biden DOJ never brought that charge against President Trump. I would think that a politician like Merrick Garland, he's not really an attorney general, he's a political apparatchik. And if he could have brought an insurrection charge against Trump, he would have done so in a heartbeat. The Biden FBI also investigated the events of January 6, 2021. They announced publicly that they found no evidence that Trump engaged in insurrection. And what is insurrection? An armed overthrow of the government. So you've got a bunch of rioters, and there were rioters on January 6, who entered the Capitol building, and they were demanding an honest count of the vote. Is that an attempt to take over the government? I don't think so. And apparently the Biden DOJ didn't think so either, and neither did the Biden FBI. And I don't think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to sign off on that either. And the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, Section 3, forbids anybody from seeking office who has engaged in insurrection. So, Colorado simply said, like the Queen of Hearts, let's just skip over this stuff. We'll just find him guilty. Supporters claim that denying voters the choice of a candidate they don't like is standing up for democracy. Uh, yeah, right. Democrats fronted a demented and hugely unpopular president, that would be Joe Biden, as their candidate. That's the real reason. If the election were held today, the polls suggest Joe Biden, slow Joe, would lose by five percentage points. Well, I can't imagine conservatives on the high court going for it. And even the liberals, like Katenji Brown-Jackson, they know that if any state can forbid a candidate from running, Republicans will not be the only ones who get bounced off state ballots. Glad to be with you and always glad to take your calls at 866-HEY-LARS. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And the Northwest Nonsense is coming up next. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. So stewardship amongst the millions of families that visit every year. And know that zoos and aquariums that have earned the Humane Certified Seal of Approval from American Humane will not give up until every species has a fighting chance for survival. Find out more and help protect and preserve the amazing creatures that share our world. Brought to you by American Humane. 
Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger. Just like you could by giving a pint of blood. The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you. Whether it's by donating food or simply giving time right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy. Ronald Reagan knew better, do you? All of it began the first time some of you who know better and are old enough to know better let young people think that they had the right to choose the laws they would obey as long as they were doing it in the name of social protest. This is the Lars Larson Show. That makes a lot of sense, a lot of nonsense. Right, your body well right, you know he got a right to sit. This is the Northwest Nonsense. How much longer do we have to sit for this nonsense? That great moment every day where Lars brings you the cold hard facts without any liberal wokeness from the daily dead fish wrapper or mainstream media bias. Hey, I'm just curious. Let me ask you a question. Would you take your kids to a daycare center where drug addicts are smoking fentanyl and methamphetamine right outside the front door? I mean, literally right out the front door. If you're not willing to, your daycare options narrow dramatically these days in the Pacific Northwest. Case in point, the daycare at St. James Lutheran Church in downtown Portland. It's been there for more than 40 years. It's a major place for parents to drop off kids for the day. It's also a major location for hard drug use. Now, we used to call that illegal drug use, but they're not illegal anymore because Eastern elites plowed about $5 million into a state election a couple of years ago to try out the largest experiment in drug legalization that America has ever seen. And guess what? The guinea pigs are Oregonians. Now, drug addicts consume meth and fentanyl right outside of the St. James Lutheran Church daycare. In fact, one of them, named in a KGW TV news story to give full credit, Violet, admits that she does drugs there, and she's perturbed that somebody put a daycare near her drug den. Well, the fact is, unless she's quite old, and it doesn't appear she is, the daycare has been there for 40 years. I don't think she's been smoking meth there for 40 years. Meth heads tend to have a fairly short expiration date. As one parent of two young kids at the daycare put it, we often walk over needles with our kids, and within 10 feet, you'll see people shooting up and passed out. Some days, these kids don't even get a chance to go outside if the operators of the church daycare decide that it's simply too dangerous because of the, all the drug addicts directly outside. And as the KGW story noted, police are present, but apparently they only hand out tickets to the addicts. And you know what, does, what good that does? Almost nothing. Glad to be with you on a Conspiracy Theory Thursday. If you want to join what we call the best conversation in talk journalism, it's right here every day on the Radio Northwest Network. 24 years this network has served the Pacific Northwest states, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. And I'm glad to get your calls at 866-439-5277. If you're a naysayer, maybe you're in favor of hard drug use outside of daycares, I'd be glad to take the call. Just prepare, be prepared for a couple of questions at 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And uh, our Twitter poll, our X poll today, 
Should Nikki Haley bow out of the presidential race or does she still have a chance? I would say she should bow out. I think her chances are over. And frankly, I think even the people who poured tens of millions of dollars into her campaign knew that she didn't have a chance. They only wanted her there because she might block the candidacy of Donald Trump. That doesn't appear to be working either. She might as well bow out. But having her there provides a little bit of entertainment for all of us. So, you know, as long as those establishment Republicans are willing to pump more tens of millions of dollars into her failing campaign, I guess they can keep on doing it. No harm done. Donald Trump is still going to win the nomination. Today's poll on X can be found at Lars Larson Show and at LarsLarson.com. It's brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at UltimateTruckService.com. Now, our question of the day, and I left the man's name off of this. Lars, I've got a son in first grade. There's apparently been a head lice outbreak at our small school. This is in the Jewel School District, I found out. The only reason I know about it is because this is a small community, and I have friends who work at the school. The school did not notify parents. They did not do a lice check and send any kids home because of it. The school is not doing anything about it. I chose to take my kid out of school to avoid getting the lice, and I've checked them for it. I don't understand why the school hasn't let anybody know about it. I've heard rumors that the lice started in school, then moved to kindergarten, and is now in first grade. I guess it's been going on for a month now, and they're not telling anybody. I don't think this is a good practice. What can I do? Call the school district like we did and get no answer like we did seems to be the answer to that. And now today's Daily Grill. Insane. Are you Ridiculous. They get more and more ridiculous. Flat out dumb. You're even dumber than I thought. Who deserves today's Lars Grill of the Day? Maybe they're just really, really stupid. Find out right now. I want to give today's Daily Grill to Washington governor candidate and current Attorney General Bob Ferguson. He's also a Democrat, but you won't be surprised to learn that when you see what he did. You see, Democrats have to have double standards or they'd have absolutely no standards at all. Case in point, yesterday, Bob Ferguson, because he wants to run for governor and he wants to make himself look popular to the right people, he put up a post on social media. In this case, it was X. He said, Happy National Women in Sports Day. Title IX passed 52 years ago, he wrote, and the fight for equality isn't over. As a governor, I will be a champion for women's equal rights and support female athletes like my daughter Katie, whose achievements on the softball field make me very proud. And a video of his baseball-playing daughter Katie is attached to the governor candidate's posting because Democrats are never uh, leery of using their own kids to promote their candidacy. But consider this. He's proud of his daughter, who apparently is a female, but he's one of the Democrats. And so I wrote back, and I said, hey, Ferguson, you claim to support female athletes. What's going to happen when your daughter and other girls and real women are forced by folks like you and the Democrat Party to compete against biological men? Being transgender. Title IX has been perverted to allow that, and folks like you take the side of the trans, not the side of the girls and the women. Now, do I ever actually expect to get an interview with Bob Ferguson? I'd love to have an interview with Bob Ferguson. But I wonder if Bob has sat down since he brought up his daughter, Katie. That makes her fair game in terms of talking about this public policy matter. Has Bob Ferguson ever told his daughter, Katie, you know, you're probably going to do okay for now, but if you play softball in junior college or in college, you're probably going to come up against biological men. 
And you can imagine, for a biological man who, say, tried out for the baseball team and didn't make it, but had pretty good skills, and decides, I'm going to identify as a woman, the same way we've seen in track and field, swimming, and a lot of other sports, what happens when his daughter is playing baseball against a biological man who now identifies as a woman? I don't think she's going to do as well as she may be doing right now, but I wish her well. Her father, not so much. I want Bob Ferguson to explain. Is he truly on the side of women or even men who call themselves women as well? Tom Nesbitt writes in with today's best email, but you can always send more to talk at LarsLarson.com. Lars, I heard this one, and I can't pass it on. A gentleman called about the safety issue of cleaning off graffiti. He did yesterday. Washington legislature is considering a new law that would actually apparently allow a judge to put somebody who's convicted of vandalism, a crime, uh, to work cleaning up the mess they made. Does this person realize that this tagging went on most likely in the middle of the night and without safety gear in the first place? Or do they realize that people should be held accountable? Should the punishment fit the crime? By slapping the perpetrator's wrist right now means somebody else will have to put themselves in harm's way, according to him. This is a soft stance on crime that our society is teaching us that we have to accept in order to be human. The man who is standing soft on crime should go back to his retirement villa, put on his Depends, and fish, finish watching CNN. Signed, Tom Nesbitt. It's a Thursday, and you're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. The Lars Larson Show. Elon Musk sums up America's government. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. I've often told you that the government could screw up just about anything. They could screw up an ice cream sundae. But uh, we're not worried about ice cream sundaes. Imagine this. Imagine being a government that owns uh, 81, what is it, 81 million acres of, uh, of forest. And uh, and you own something that's worth eight-tenths of a billion dollars. And you say, but we can't figure out how not to lose money on that. That's precisely what's going on with the state of Oregon. And one of the guys who's called them to account is forest scientist Dr. Bob Zyback. You've heard him on the show before. He's president of Northwest Maps Company, a longtime scientist on forest issues, and the author of a brand-new book called The Elliot, about the Elliot Forest, an anthology. Uh, Dr. Zyback, welcome back. Uh, thank you, Lars. Good to be back. I think I goofed when I said 81 million acres. How big is the Elliot? 81,000 acres. 81,000. 80, 81, common school fund. And what it should be is worth, if it were managed properly, would it be worth how much? Uh, uh, conservative estimates are over a billion dollars. Uh, in the 1990s, it was about six to eight hundred million. So um, uh, now a, a billion dollars would be a conservative figure. Okay, because, and by conservative, by managing it right, meaning cut some of the timber, replant some of the timber, and make it an asset for the common school fund, which is what state law had provided for the Elliott Forest. What's happening to it rather than that? Well, uh, the environmentalists filed a lawsuit about 10 years ago, and then uh, the state tried to sell it for pennies on the dollar for $200 million. The court said that was illegal. 
So uh, they tried to give it to Oregon State University, but they uh, strapped so many carbon credits on it and uh, never-ending HCPs and all kinds of uh, restrictions that Oregon State uh, bowed out uh, in November. So uh, the laws that they had set up, uh, Senate Bill 1546, that were supposed to happen January 1st, have now um, uh, sunsetted. So uh, the research force plan, the uh, using it to do... Uh, uh, research that didn't appear to be very fruitful and to uh, create a de facto wilderness uh, all ended on January 1st. By the way, you used a term that I know what it means, but an HCP is a habitat conservation program. Is that right? Uh, well, habitat conservation plan, it's uh, been around for about 30 years. They've spent millions of dollars on the Elliott. Uh, it's basically taking away our uh, streams and putting them in the hands of the federal government, uh, it's a, a situation where taxpayers pay landowners or the state uh, not to uh, harvest land along uh, uh, streams and rivers, uh, supposedly uh, for the benefit of, of, of wildlife. But uh, there's been no science. It's, the, it's basically a government uh, zoning regulation that gives uh, state and private uh, rights straight over to D.C., and the agreement is uh, we don't harvest our own land and we let our uh, uh, streams and creeks grow up into um, basically weed patches for the most part. I do want you to tell my audience about this book you've created called The Elliot and Anthology. What is in that and will it be interesting to people like us who are non-forest scientists? I, I think so. It, it's uh, 22 articles that I've written over the last 12 years that focus on uh, spotted owls, the Endangered Species Act, uh, Elliot politics, including what we just uh, skimmed over a little bit. Uh, it's got uh, profiles of, of two important men in forest history, Oregon forest history, uh, uh, Jerry Phillips and, and uh, uh, Wayne Giese. And uh, I, I think it would be very interesting to anybody that uh, is concerned about our forests, concerned about the uh, politics, or that uh, knows some of the people involved in these issues. See, because Dr. Zimbeck, I, I know I talk a lot about forests. My dad was a ranger. I spent a lot of my growing up times in very rural areas of Northern California, Oregon, Washington, and Montana. And I care a lot about this, but it just floors me that you could have a government that's constantly begging for more money. And if you say to them, well, you have this asset over here that could be worth a billion dollars. What are you doing with that? And if I'm right, it, I want to sum it up for people. You've got this very, very valuable asset. And it's valuable for, you know, the environment. I get that. It can serve wildlife and still serve, you know, uh, producing lumber at the same time. In fact, I think the two fit together very nicely. But under the current plan, it doesn't benefit the taxpayers, doesn't benefit, and stop me if I'm wrong about any of this, doesn't benefit the common school fund. It actually costs money to own this piece of property because you have to still manage it. And that by letting it just grow and grow and not harvesting, you're setting it up to burn down someday. Am I wrong in any of those? No, you're exactly right. And we've got the proof. Uh, all of the wildlife habitat, the so-called critical habitat for spotted owls and marble murrelets and coho that the government's been setting aside the past 30 years has, for the most part, burned up. All of these uh, wildfires that we've seen in western Oregon have almost all occurred on federal land. They've almost all occurred on HCP type of uh, set-asides. There's no evidence that uh, it benefits wildlife at all, and there's a lot of evidence 
that uh, wildlife doesn't do well in wildfires. And by the way, Dr. Zondak, you a long time ago gave me one of my favorite numbers, and every once in a while I screw it up. But for about 35 years, from the mid-1950s to the mid-1980s, the Pacific Northwest essentially had no big forest fires at all. And by big, something north of 10,000 acres. For, for a third of a century, that's true, right? Well, from 52 till 87, 35 years, we had one uh, fire in excess of 10,000 uh, acres uh, the, uh, on the Smith River uh, in 1966. That was it. And now and, we and have. Uh, and, and now, by the way, the average, when I look up the averages, say how many average forest acres burn every year, not burn all the way to the ground, but they damage the forest dramatically. Half a million acres in Oregon, half a million acres in Washington is what we expect as the norm every year, right? It's become the norm because of mismanagement, uh, mostly on our federal land. And, and it was all predicted ahead of time. It's all coming true. And now we don't even get to salvage the uh, dead trees. So our uh, sawmill and logging and uh, reforestation businesses have, uh, and our, the rural communities that these are based in have all uh, suffered uh, dramatically as a result of that. I'm talking to Dr. Bob Zyback with Northwest Maps Company. He's a forest scientist of longstanding and has deep connections to Oregon State University. Would you tell my audience why, as you do in the Elliott, uh, this new anthology you've got, but you also explain why would it be that a university, a state land-grant university that has a forestry school be offered 81 or 90,000 acres of Elliott Forest, look at it hard, study it hard, and say, no, not interested. To non-forest scientists, why would a forestry school say no to that kind of gift? I think it's because the environmentalists that filed the suit against the uh, the Elliott, uh, the Portland Audubon, uh, Cascadia Wild, the uh, a Center for Biological Diversity have overtaken the, uh, the so-called management of the research forest away from Oregon State, away from the state of Oregon, and they've uh, created a de facto uh, wilderness that uh, Oregon State finally uh, realized this does not pencil out. It's going to cost us money. It's going to be a huge embarrassment. And so the president, uh, President Murphy, uh, did a, a really courageous thing in November. She uh, after five years of wasting millions of dollars and losing hundreds of jobs, rural jobs, uh, she said, we're not going to do this. It doesn't pencil out. And uh, now they're uh, scrambling to figure out how they're going to keep uh, people from working in the Elliott. They're having meetings. Uh, they had one yesterday. How do we uh, keep this preserved now that it's not a research forest anymore? Un unbelievable. That is Dr. Bob Zyback, most recently the author of The Elliot, an anthology. It's an amazing story, and as a taxpayer and a voter, you ought to be very angry about how the state of Oregon, always begging for money, is simply throwing away a billion-dollar asset. me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges, but how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated. 
But the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. be told, Lars has welcomed naysayers for 27 years, but occasionally... Who is this person who speaks to me as though I needed his advice? This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I'm glad to take your phone calls and your emails at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. You can vote in our poll on X, used to be called Twitter. Uh, should Nikki Haley bow out of the presidential race, or does she still have some kind of chance after coming in third in Nevada uh, just the other day in the Nevada primary, which, by the way, she apparently didn't know the Nevada primary doesn't have anything to do with awarding delegates toward the ultimate nomination by the Republican Party. That's being done in the caucuses. Uh, should she bow out of the race or does she still have a chance? I think she should bow out. But I have a feeling that her big backers, the money backers, who want to have her act as a blocking agent against Donald Trump, they're going to keep pumping money into her campaign, even though she didn't do very well in Iowa, didn't do very well in New Hampshire. I came in a distant second, came in uh, in her own home state as a distant second to Donald Trump, and then came in second to none of the above in the state of uh, Nevada in their primary election. The poll on X is brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at ultimatetruckservice.com. Let's go to Tommy. Hey, Tommy, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind? Hey, I just heard you were uh, talking about the Elliott uh, State Forest, and uh, so I was the... Uh, I was in prison. I was uh, incarcerated in Oregon, Department of Corrections, and there used to be a minimum prison over there called Shutter Creek. Yeah. And I worked over there for a couple of years in the Elliott State Forest, and we were the ones who took care of the Elliott State Forest. We did all the reforestation, planting trees, trapping, um, pre-commercial thinning, and, and then they got rid of that minimum security prison. So, like, I was just heard you were talking about it, and I love the Elliott State Forest because I, you know, it kind of sucks. It's, it's a great forest, and I would like to see it managed well. And I don't think it would be hard to do. I mean, there are still existing sawmills that would love to have, you know, some of the harvest from there, but the tree huggers don't want that. Uh, and yeah, you have the commons. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, when I was working in there, uh, we, we'd run into them all the time. They would, like, walk down roads so we couldn't get down roads. They would drive spikes into trees, like, so the loggers couldn't cut the trees. They were all over the place. We've seen them in there. Yeah, because you can imagine. Do you know what happens in some cases when a, a, a logger's chainsaw hits either a ceramic or oh, a metal yeah. spike in the tree? It can destroy the equipment. Oh, yeah. It can also hurt the person who's trying to fell the tree. And these people are terrorists. They, they're willing to actually put oh, yeah, people's yeah. lives in danger to, to get their way. I think you do a great job, man. I love your show. And, well, you're um, very kind. Have Have you been on the straight and narrow since your stint in the joint? Oh yeah, I've been I've been doing good for a few years, man. I've changed my life completely. 
Um, yeah. What was, can you, if you don't mind my asking, what was your problem that got you in there? Um, I was, it was, I was, I had a drug problem and which caused me to commit other crimes, you know, um, property crimes. And, you know, I've been in and out. I did actually a lot of time in prison. And you beat the drugs. Yeah. I, um, so, so the thing was, I, I, I was never, they never gave me opportunity to go to treatment. It was always just lock me up, lock me up, lock me up. And then, um, finally, my family had had enough with me, and nobody wanted to talk to me or had anything to do with me, so I went to treatment on my own, and it, the first time I went to treatment, it worked. Like, it, Let me ask you something, Tommy, because you know they're talking about this issue right now at both the Washington legislature and the Oregon legislature, and the Democrats don't want to solve the problem. They say, well, we want to offer treatment, but if we offer treatment, people will get on it. Do you know, did you know any people who are addicted to drugs like you, uh, drug buddies of yours, who would have just said yeah. one day they wake up and say, eh, I think I'll go to treatment? Or did most of them yeah. end up in treatment because they got locked up and locked up and locked up? Okay, so, so here's the thing. If you don't want to go to treatment and you don't want treatment and you don't want to change yourself and your life, it, even if they force you into treatment, it's not going to work. It's something that you have to want for yourself. So it's just crazy to me they're just trying to force all these people into treatment because it's not going to work unless them, they want it themselves. You know what I mean? Like it got to the point with me where I just wanted it for myself and I, I just was at my breaking point in life. And, and it, you know, and I, luckily the first time it, it stuck with me. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing great in life. I'm married. I have a house and a family, a great career. But, yeah, I, I just, like... It's just something that people have to want for themselves. Forcing people into treatment isn't going to change them, you know? Like, they have to change themselves. Yeah, I, I hear that. The only thing that I've been aware of as a reporter, because I've never, I've, been, I've never done hard drugs, but when I hear from people who are on the drugs and they say, well, when the judge told me it's either a felony conviction and maybe some time in jail or go to treatment, that gets a lot of people to go. And right now... All they're doing, even to these hard drug users that are that are smoking, you know, meth and fentanyl out in front of a daycare, for example, the example we yeah, gave today, is they say we write them a ticket. And I'm pretty sure that when, when a drug addict gets a ticket, he's not going to pay it, number one. He doesn't view it oh, as yeah. any kind of punishment because he's got, I mean, most of us who get a ticket, if we don't pay it, we, you know, can't renew our driver's license or can't, you know, re-license our car or all kinds of other bad things happen. But for most people, or and, and after a time, the ticket doubles and maybe they'll issue an arrest warrant. I don't think the addicts are worried about that. And the end result is the tickets don't do any good at all. But they keep writing them in the hopes that someday somebody's going to get a ticket and say, oh, now that you gave me a ticket. Well, Tommy, I'm just glad that you're on the straight and narrow and you got off the drugs. Congratulations to you and good job. And I hope they get the Elliott Forest back to working as well. You got the Lars Larson Show. The Lars Larson Show. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. 
Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you ready for the big show? In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved Republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Live now. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. Almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you live on the Radio Northwest Network that serves the Pacific Northwest states of Oregon, Washington, and Idaho with honestly provocative talk. Now, consider this. One of the things in Oregon history that an awful lot of people in Oregon are rightly proud of is the Oregon Bottle Bill. You know, first state in the nation to come out and say we're going to get recycling done by offering a, uh, a redemption fee. Uh, it was five cents for a while. It's now 10 cents per bottle or can for recyclable bottles and cans. Now, they're not actually recycled so much anymore as they are. I mean, at some point, the glass and the metal gets melted down. But the old idea that they were going to wash out beer bottles and, and then refill them with beer, that doesn't actually make sense. But has that famous Oregon bottle recycling law become one of the biggest aiders and abettors of the fentanyl and meth problem. Our friend Nigel Jake was the Pulitzer Prize winning reporter from Willamette Week joins me now. Nigel, welcome back. Thanks, Lars. Is the bottle bill helping to feed this problem in a way that nobody would have intended when the bottle bill was first conceived? Well, I, I think it certainly is. Certainly in, in, uh, city neighborhoods, uh, if you were to go downtown near the art museum to the, uh, Safeway on Southwest 10th Avenue, you, you would be amazed. Um, so essentially people are showing up with cans and bottles. They're getting a couple of dollars. They're going outside and buying fentanyl, smoking it there, often passing out there. The blocks around that Safeway are just littered with, you know, bodies slumped over, uh, surrounded by pieces of uh, aluminum foil that they smoke fentanyl on in there, in many cases buying that fentanyl with uh, the proceeds of a few cans and bottles that they picked up uh, around the neighborhood. And you profile one guy by the name of Garza, and you say he's part of this ragtag army of what are called canners. Tell me about that. Well, so sure. There are people in every town and city in Oregon who, who go through recycling bins or who go through trash cans, and, and many of them are not drug addicts or fentanyl addicts are people who are down on their luck and need a few extra dollars. Nothing wrong with that. But what we've seen in Portland and I think in other cities is that the extraordinarily low price of fentanyl uh, has created a new situation where, you know, you can buy for 10 cans, you could buy a blue pill that is uh, fentanyl, you can smoke that and get high for a few hours and then rinse and repeat. And so what's new here is the incredibly low price and the addictive qualities of fentanyl. I mean, we've always had a, we've had a bottle bill for 53 years. We've had hard drugs as a problem in Oregon for longer than that. What's new is the confluence of you know a few cans equals uh, a, a very cheap, very powerful high. And so, people like uh, Gar Luciano Garza, whom I interviewed outside of uh, the Safeway, 
you know, they're, they're just sort of there on a 24 hour basis. They go get a few cans, they get high. They go get a few cans, they get high. And in the middle of it is Safeway, which is, you know, one of the few, uh, full service grocery stores in downtown Portland. There are thousands of customers in and out of there every day. And to get in and out of the store, you're often having to step over somebody who's passed out on the sidewalk. Uh, you know, these, these folks are, there in part because the Target just down 10th Avenue uh, closed a few months ago, and it closed in large part because of the people that were using Target as their bank. They were bringing cans and bottles back to Target. They were buying fentanyl right outside. They were causing a lot of problems in the neighborhood, and Target finally, you know, Target worked hard with City Hall. They appealed to the uh, OLCC, which regulates the bottle bill. They talked to OBRC, which runs the bottle bill, and finally they said, screw it, we're out of here. What do, you, do you think the Safeway has a similar perspective fate? <laughs> it wouldn't, Safeway wouldn't speak to me. I spent a lot of time in the Safeway and around the Safeway. It's, it, there's a huge security force there. It's not enough. Um, you know, I talked to customers, and they're, they're sick of it. it, it it's it's uh you know, it's got to be teetering, I would think, because it's really, that's a pretty new store. It was, there was a Safeway there for a long time. They tore it down, built a new one. It's, it's a really nice store, uh, when it's going well, but things are clearly not going well in that neighborhood there. It's a disaster. So I, I don't know. I mean, Safeway doesn't confide in me their financial plans, but I think they're spending a ton of money on security. They've got a huge, uh, shoplifting problem because people are also still, you know, walking out of there with cases of water, dumping the water in the gutter, and then taking the bottles right back and getting uh, $2.40 or $3.60 and going outside and buying pills with it. That's the EBT scam, where they buy the water uh, for the bottles, dump the water, and but they're using EBT well, and, and the, Oregon it, Trail it, cards, aren't they? In some cases, but often they just walk out with the water because, um, it, you know, if you don't have an EBT card or you prefer not to use some of your EBT capacity, you just steal it. And that, and that was a huge problem. That was a huge problem at the Target on Southwest 10th. It was a huge problem at the Hollywood Target. It was a huge problem at the Powell Target. You know, those stores sell a lot of can and bottle drinks. And, and so it was the case that people were basically just stealing from the store dumping and then bringing back the empties for cash yeah in fact for the for years nigel i've had people send me photos and they say why is this guy why is this guy got one shopping cart full of cases of water and another shopping cart full of empty bottles yep. and a big puddle at the bottom and i said it's it's the old ebt scam where they'd either yep. steal it or they'd buy it and you pay a few bucks and the 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 bottle refund is all and they could fix that one tomorrow if salem well the state of oregon manages and so does the state of washington manage snap they could say we're not paying deposit on cans and bottles and you say, well, that's not fair to the poor people. You say, well, they still want to get a six-pack of soda pop. They can do it. They'll pay 60 cents for the deposit. They get the 60 cents back when they go back to the store and buy another six-pack. You know, but if you're buying, you know, a, you know, 20 cases of water and dumping it out so you get 10 cents on every bottle times 24 bottles in a case times 10 cases, I mean, it adds up to some substantial money. Let me ask you about this. Does it surprise you? Because I've told people, the DEA and other agencies have told me, fentanyl is down to a dollar or two a pill. And they don't last forever, mm -hmm. uh, but, but it's, it's really a rock-bottom price. 
Yeah, that's that's what's really new here because people have said to me, oh, sure, the EBT scam has been going on for a long time. I said, absolutely. Oh, there's been heroin, there's been meth, there have been other street drugs in Portland for a long time. Absolutely. And the bottle bill's been around for a long time. So what's different? Well, that you, you just put your uh, thumb on it. It's the incredibly low price of fentanyl. It's, it's very powerful, it's very cheap, and it's very addictive. So if you want to go buy a pill, uh, you, you just start raking through trash cans. You find 10 cans, you can buy a pill. We, we've never seen anything like that before. And look, I want to be very clear, Lars. There, there are many, many, many people who are collecting cans of bottles who are not doing this. I'm not right. saying everybody's right. doing this. I'm saying it is a genuine, demonstrable, visible problem in cities uh, where stores are still taking back cans of bottles. Well, and I also worry that when that person runs out, you know, when their high goes away, and then they start looking, the whole area's been stripped of bo bottles and cans, then it becomes, can I steal a case of water? Can I steal something else? Can I, you know, because because when they start jonesing, they're going to look for a way to satisfy that, that drug sickness that they've got. You can read the whole story at wweek.com. Nigel Jake was, is a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter from Willamette Week. We'll be back in a moment. You know, there's some brand new and stunning information about the massive failure. It's a multi-billion dollar failure involving Joe Biden's electric vehicle mandate. We'll talk about that next. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Airbacks for the rest of their lives. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs do whatever it takes to help our most severely ill or injured veterans live independently at no cost for life so that they might stand at ease. Find out how you can help at findwwp.org. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
sometimes the listeners say it best. Hey, Lars, love your show, and I really appreciate what you do, boy. You cover more territory in an afternoon than a lonely badger in springtime. Who's next? This is the Lars Larson Show. I used to be, uh, used to be that to buy an electric car, you had to make all sorts of compromises. But not now. Thanks to American ingenuity, American engineers, American auto workers, uh, it's all changing. Today, if you want an electric vehicle with a long range, you can buy one made in America. If you want one that charges quickly, buy American. If you want one that's fast in a quarter mile, buy American. Now, that was Joe Biden at a special event in Detroit in which he was heralding the arrival of electric vehicles. And you heard what he said. We're going to build them in America. Well, I think there's a little bit of a hitch in his get-along when it comes to Joe Biden's plan for electrifying American transportation. But let me get into the details of that in just a moment. If you want to join the best conversation in talk journalism, it's right here every day at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com, and you can vote in our poll on X. The poll on X, which is duplicated on our website, so don't vote twice. You can find it at Lars Larson Show on X or at LarsLarson.com. Now, there's some brand new news, and I want to tell you about this because this is absolutely unbelievable. They are turning out numbers right now from America's automobile industry, and I want you to listen to this closely because last year, Ford, the Ford Motor Company, major maker of automobiles, and they've been doing a lot of electric vehicles as well. Although last fall, they announced, and it was a bit of a surprise, we talked about it on the show, that the Ford Lightning pickup truck, their brand spanking new, new design, I mean, they were pushing this thing like crazy, running ads for it and everything else. They said, come on down and buy a Ford electric pickup truck. The Ford F-150 in electric version would be the Ford Lightning. Guess what happened to Ford in the last year? Ford lost, according to its own company numbers, $4.7 billion while selling electric vehicles last year. Now, I want you to think about that. This is a major company. I mean, sometimes companies take losses. But $4.7 billion in a single year, and that's up from the year before. Because remember, the company had net income of $4.3 billion dollars. They had total revenue, this is the total amount they sold in cars, both gasoline and electric, of $176 billion. Now, remember, if you run a company and you say, wow, we did a, an amazing amount of business. I mean, for instance, Amazon does a gigantic amount of retail business and they lose money. So there are companies that in some cases will lose money for a period of time to gain market share. Uh, they'll lose money because they're introducing new product lines. But eventually, they plan to make money. That's not happening with electric vehicles. I mean, here you have, and, and I know all the people who push the idea of electric vehicles said, well, you have to give them kind of a jump start. Yeah, you know, like with, with a car and a battery and jumper cables. you got to get the business going. But once it's going, it actually makes sense. Last year, Ford Motor Company, according to the new numbers out from their own company uh, company numbers that all publicly held companies, stockholding companies, have to tell the public what's going on. So how much money did they make on every electric vehicle that they manufactured and sold to a customer with federal subsidies? 
even with the subsidies, Ford lost $64,731 on every single Ford electric vehicle that it made. 60, almost 65 grand. They not only didn't make a profit on them, they lost money. They lost money in gigantic numbers. And that includes federal subsidies. You've got Joe Biden and the federal government saying we're going to install tens, hundreds of thousands of electric vehicle chargers because you understand they wouldn't be selling any electric vehicles unless there was the promise at some point you'd be able to find a, an electric car charging location almost everywhere in America based on population. There are going to be more in the high population areas and less or fewer in the low population areas. It also included a $7,500 check that the government hands out to many of the buyers of EVs. Some companies like Tesla have already run out that game. $7,500 of subsidy and Ford still lost $65,000 on every single EV it sold for a total of $4.7 billion in losses. So imagine running a, a, a long-time company that's been around for 100 years, and you do $176 billion in total sales, and you lose almost $5 billion. But it gets worse, kind of like the reverse of Ginzu knives. <laughs> There's more. There's a brand new estimate out from the Congressional Budget Office. Now, the CBO is supposed to be the nonpartisan source of information about various government programs, and, uh, and, and they largely achieve that. You know, they try not to swing too far to the left or too far to the right. The Congressional Budget Office has just issued what they call a technical revision. I mean, as an example of technical revisions, 12 months of last year, and every single month they would announce a big jobs number, and then about a month later they'd say, we're having a technical revision of that number. And oftentimes they'd revise the number down anywhere from 30 to 50%. So it'd be like being able to go to your boss and say, hey, boss, we just sold 100 cars. And then you do a technical revision about a month later and say, boss, remember when I told you we sold 100 cars? Well, we only sold 25. That's a technical revision. Do you know the size of their technical revision? It's just short of a quarter of a trillion dollars because the CBO had estimated how much is this going to cost the American taxpayer to push electric vehicles? Well, there's an estimate, except the new estimate with the technical revision is going to be it's going to cost more than we've already budgeted to subsidize these vehicles and get Americans to buy them. Even with the free charging, even with the charging locations being paid for by the taxpayer, the Congressional Budget Office says the original estimate of subsidies for electric vehicles, well, we need $224 billion more than we originally estimated. Now, this comes from technology writer Robert Bryce, uh, who writes about the particulars in his substack. So how bad is the EV business? Yesterday afternoon, he writes, the Ford Motor Company reported that the operating loss it incurred on EV business in 2023 exceeded its total profit for the year. Now do you know why last fall Ford came out and announced, we're going to take the number of Ford Lightning pickup trucks. We were planning to make about 3,000 a month. So that's only 36,000 vehicles in a year of the EV. So they're a very small number, but they're turning out to be a big loss for Ford because in America, 
Americans buy somewhere between 13 and 16 million brand new vehicles every year. It depends on the economy and a lot of other things. But 13 to 16 million vehicles and about 36,000 of them were going to be Ford pickup trucks. Now the company is going to cut that number in half. And right now, every time they sell a vehicle at a Ford dealership that's an EV, Ford Motor Company is losing about $65,000 and now the car companies are going to tell Joe Biden, hey, by the way, you want to keep up this EV nonsense? You're going to have to pump a ton of money into our business because we're losing money every time we sell an EV. Glad to get your calls at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. You're listening to The Lars Larson the Show. The Lars Larson Show. mind to help veterans heal, recover, and get their lives back in a place where everyone plays a part and where your efforts are truly appreciated. A place so innovative and forward-thinking that we're rebuilding hands and where even robots lend a hand. Join hands with us. Learn more at vacareers.va.gov. When you're making a decision as a consumer, the most important thing is trust, which is why the BBB is such an important tool. Sometimes a new company will generate a lot of buzz, but that doesn't mean they're trustworthy. There are places that pretend they're treating you like kings, while behind the scenes they're making you look like a clown. But with BBB, if you spot false advertising, they're there to help you blow the whistle. Or if you've got a complaint, file it with the BBB and they can actually help you get it resolved. Test your advertising IQ. Go to BBBAdTruth.org. Sleepy Joe was on Jeopardy. This man, also known as the worst president in United States history, loves ice cream, lounging on beaches and sniffing children. Joe. Uh, who is me? Wait, where am I? This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the program. Glad to be with you and always glad to get your calls. And I'm always glad to talk to Ira Melman, who works for the Foundation for American Immigration Reform, otherwise known as FAIR. They've been one of the stalwarts when it comes to border issues for decades. And I've been talking to Ira for decades. How are you, Ira? Uh, I'm doing well. Good to talk to you. I got to tell you something. Uh, I, I I don't know how better to convince Americans that we're in a really desperate situation. Our country's being invaded. The current administration is showing no inclination whatsoever to fix this problem. So I wanted to get from you first uh, what the situation looks like on the ground at the southern border and and where we go from here. Well, you know, we just spent a couple of days down in the lower Rio Grande Valley uh, getting a look around. Uh, you know, you talk to the people down there, and they will tell you that their lives have been turned upside down over the past three years. Uh, that the minute Joe Biden said, so help me God, uh, it began in, in earnest, and, and they're seeing the results of it. Uh, what, we're, what we also saw, though, was the beginning effects of Governor Abbott's efforts to control the border himself. Uh, in the absence of federal uh, authorities doing it, uh, he has decided that he's going to do it himself. And what we've seen is that a lot of the traffic that used to be coming through Texas is now being routed through Arizona and California. So that's good for the people in, in Texas, not necessarily good for the folks out in Arizona and California or the rest of the country. They're still getting in in record numbers. But uh, Governor Abbott has demonstrated that, you know, with 
relatively little effort, you can control that border. And he has done uh, done a lot to control the border. He has put up the, the razor wire in spite, in spite of the fact that the Supreme Court has given uh, the Fed the green light to cut the razor wire. They're not doing it right now. Uh, so it, it, the cartels are smart. They're not going to send people through areas where it's going to be difficult to get them in. They're going to take the path of least resistance. And right now, the path of least resistance is not through Texas. Which I, I guess in some ways, Ira, I, I, I don't wish ill on the people of California, but I would put this to you. If they begin to see this massive, you know, invasion of illegals, I mean, they've certainly had their experience with illegals over the years. I think many of their massive budget problems are because of a population of illegal aliens in their state. But if all of a sudden they see a massive number and California, yeah, and there's a reason that elections have consequences, as the great uh, Hussein Obama said, uh, is that is that when when uh, a state gets hit with something like this and you say, but they're going to vote in the presidential election. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, the people of the state look to their Democrat governor, Gavin Newsom, and say, what are you going to do about it? And he says nothing because he's got to stay loyal and true uh, to the president because he's a fellow Democrat, same as Eric Adams in New York or, you know, uh, Brandon Johnson in Chicago or the mayor of Philadelphia or uh, Muriel Bowser in D.C. They want to stay loyal. Uh, they can't call out Joe on this because Joe, as you point out, could actually fix this problem by doing nothing more than what the state of Texas, limited by the laws and resources and everything else, they were able to do it fairly readily. And, and, and Joe Biden and his Democrat friends would say, oh, no, you have to give us billions of dollars more and new laws and everything else or we can't solve the problem. Well, that's demonstrably untrue, isn't it? Right. And that, that was just a shakedown. You know, if you look at that bill that came out of the Senate uh, and, and what Mitch McConnell and James Lankford were thinking, I, I don't know. Uh, basically, they, they got taken to the cleaners. They walked right into a trap. But if you look at what was in that bill, there was money for the NGOs that facilitate illegal immigration. Uh, there was it, it would actually have made uh, asylum fraud even easier than it already is. Uh, it was all about the money, and the money wasn't going to help the American people. It was going to resettle people all across the country where taxpayers in those localities uh, could help fund the the livelihood of the of the migrants who are coming in. And, you know, you, you mentioned what's happening in New York City and Chicago and places like that. Watch some of the YouTube videos of the city council meetings and see who is showing up to complain about it. This is the Democratic base that is coming out in force and saying, this is crazy. This is undermining our well-being, our children's education. Everything that we, we need uh, is being taken away and given to the migrants. You know, you look at New York City, an astounding fact, uh, New York City is now spending more on the migrants than they spend on the police department, the fire department, and the sanitation department combined. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's well, just crazy. And, and, and not just on. government, but Ira, I've told my audience, there, there are um, hospital systems in the American Southwest, Arizona in particular, that are saying, we're, we're being crushed financially. We may have to close our emergency room because we have so many people. You know, when you bring 10 million people in, you know, 8.5 million direct encounters, 1.7 million gotaways, and a few go get sent back, but the vast majority come in, and they are uninsured, uh, they may have disease or other problems, and they show up at the hospital, and they get free care that, that has to be paid for by others, and the numbers unbalance like that. 
then what does the hospital do when they say, we don't have enough money coming in to keep this operation going, and some of them are literally warning, we're going to be shut down if you don't fix this problem? Right. What they also do is pass the bill along to you. If you have insurance, your insurance premiums are going to go up because that's the way they finance some of the free health care that they have to give to the migrants. So if you're paying for health insurance in this country, uh, you're probably going to wind up paying more because that's the way the hospitals offset some of the costs. Uh, you know, we're just passing the buck here, and inevitably the bill winds up with the American taxpayer, whether it's through higher premiums for health insurance, whether it's for higher taxes. You know, Governor Newsom uh, is talking about increasing taxes. People are already – taxpayers are fleeing California uh, because the taxes are so onerous already. You know, it becomes a proposition that just cannot continue to feed on itself because people eventually give up and say, yeah, the weather is beautiful here, but I can't afford to stay here, and I can't afford to have my family raised here where we can't get a decent education for our kids, where we can't get decent health care. People pick up and leave those places and go elsewhere. I'm talking to Ira Melman. He's with FAIR, the Foundation for American Immigration Reform. The other issue you mentioned it just in passing, but when James Langford of Oklahoma comes out and says, here's the bill, here's the deal, and he had encouraged everybody over the last few weeks, don't judge it by the rumors you're hearing about it. You wait till you see what's in it. And you're right, it legalizes the entry of up to 5,000 adults with an uncounted number of children, so it could actually be six or seven or 8,000 people who come in on a given day, and that that would be legalized. And why Langford or Mitch McConnell or anybody in the U.S. Senate on the Republican side thought that that was a, an idea that wasn't just dead on arrival, I don't know. Do you? Yeah. No, I, I have no idea. Uh, look, even if you just take the 5,000 figure, that's 1.825 million a year. That is more than we take in through our legal immigration process. So we would actually be legal, uh, allowing more people to come into the country illegally than we allowed to, uh, coming into the country legally. I mean, it just makes a mockery of the whole system. And you're right. I mean, I, I have the vaguest clue why McConnell uh, did this, why James Lankford did it. Um, you know, if anybody has a guess, I, I'd, be, I'd love to hear it. And by the way, one last thing, because we saw the special counsel report, and you're going to say, Lars, that has nothing to do with immigration. This is the guy who's calling the shots for Homeland Security and everybody else. Uh, according to the special counsel, they investigated because of the classified documents that Joe Biden admits that he illegally took, illegally retained, and illegally disclosed. President Biden couldn't remember when he was vice president or when his son Bo died. He uh, and they said the only reason we're, we're not bringing uh, suggesting charges, criminal charges against the sitting president of the United States is because a sympathetic jury would see him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory who can't even remember when he was vice president of the United States. That's Ira Melman from FAIR, the Foundation for American Immigration Reform. Ira, it's a pleasure. Can you imagine? we got a president who's full-on senile and confirmation of that today, and he's calling the shots during a massive invasion of the United States. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show. McMinnville. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? 
Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Make copies of important documents. Keep them on your phone, in the cloud, or on a USB stick. Stay informed. Learn about local hazards. Take courses in CPR and first aid. And sign up for local alert systems. An early warning can give you the time you need to prepare for a fast-moving disaster. Be ready. Learn more at americares.org slash send us in. You've tried it all. Opening the windows, cranking up the music, maybe even slapping your own face. Come on, Doug, stay awake. But it doesn't work. You're tired, you're behind the wheel, and you're dangerous. Wake up. Every year, drowsy drivers are responsible for thousands of crashes. So if you're yawning, veering out of your lane, or having trouble focusing, don't power through. Pull over and rest or take a quick walk. Drive alert. It's the way to go. A message from ODOT. Go to the head of the line at the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's Conspiracy Theory Thursday, and it's my pleasure to be with you, and I'm glad to take your calls. This segment of the show is brought to you by the folks at ProTech Power. As you've noticed in the last couple of weeks, the power can fail at times. Make sure your loved ones are safe when the power goes out. Call 541-ONA-GEN. That's 541-ONA-GEN. And our poll on X today, should Nikki Haley bow out of the presidential race or does she still have a chance? I don't think she really has a chance, uh, but fine, let her run in the race. It'll burn up a lot of uh, conservative money or I guess establishment Republican money and that I don't mind at all. Today's poll on X is brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at ultimatetruckservice.com. Let's go to Denise. Hey, Denise, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind? Oh, well, thank you for taking my call. I just have an opinion about this electric car stuff. You know, um, I rode in one, and they're very, very nice. But in the... You know, I thought, okay, this is a kind of a neat thing. And, and then I thought, then I heard people's garages were catching on fire. And then all of a sudden, you know, a lot of people have these now. And then I see tow trucks with the car on them. <laughs> these brand new cars <laughs> on their tow trucks. Yep. So, like you said, there is no outlets. Uh, they're far, far away from each other. Yep. You know, the... They're really hard, and I thought, and then I asked the guy when I was writing in one of those, which says, well, how much does it cost to replace the battery in that? Because I, I drive a Prius, and my battery, just to place the main battery is $2,400. But they're like like 5000 if not more, 
Oh, some of them are a lot more than that. You're right. Yeah. And Denise, let me ask you something. If you've always driven an electric, and even with a Prius, you've got to put gasoline (laughs) in it occasionally because it's a hybrid. Do you ever really have a problem finding a gas station anywhere? No, not at all. Do you ever stop at one of those government-owned gas stations? No. And you know why? Because outside of military bases, there are no government-owned gas stations in America, right? We're, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but I am taxed. Did you know that I am taxed as an electric car? I pay electric car tax on my because you don't Because you don't use as much gasoline as a comparable gas car. So the question is, I mean, I have lots of issues with the gas tax because of the federal gas tax is about 19 cents and 40% of it goes to mass transit. It doesn't go to, to roads and highways. Uh, the state gas mm. tax is, is, I think, similarly diverted at times by both Oregon and Washington. But if, if, if an electric car doesn't use any gas and a hybrid like yours uses less gas, there's got to be a way for you to pitch in your part of paying for the roads, isn't there? I guess if I have to, but well, I, I mean, who, I, I, I if was, you don't, if, hold on, Denise, if you don't pay for the uh, roads, who's going to pay for them? That's true. That's true. And I've always wondered why, because I go in there and I'm going, are you kidding me? My car, <laughs> I don't plug into anything. I, I, I go and I get gas, you know, yeah, I can use my battery, but you know. There are plug-in hybrids too, but but you, you make some very good points. Denise, thanks for the call. <laughs> Helen Heller joins me now, who's a candidate for the Oregon National Republican Committee. Ms. Heller, welcome to the program. Why should we put you, or why should uh, Republicans put you on the National Committee? Well, Lars, thank you so much for having me on, on, on your show. Well, you know, right now, uh, just like the RMC, right, we don't have any confidence in the RMC leadership, and then we don't have any confidence on the Oregon Republican Party uh, leadership. So I want to restore that confidence. I want to restore so, the confidence to the Republican Party for the voters, the Republican voters, so we can, you know, elect um, a Republican candidate. And then the other thing that I want to, uh, my goal running this uh, National Committee Women for Oregon is bring more financial resources to Oregon, just like RNC. RRP doesn't have money right now. So how are we going to help our candidates, especially the, uh, the grassroots candidates, to, uh, to win the election? Um, so that is my goal, going to, um, uh, as a National Committee, uh, committee woman, to bring that financial, uh, financial resource so we can support our candidates so that way they can win the election. Um, How's, how is, how is fundraising at the state level for Republicans? Because Republicans are a bit in the minority in the state of Oregon. So is, is, is local money being raised, or are you just asking for the National Party to bail out the state party? Well, right now we don't have any. I mean, the we, uh, the national the duty of the national committee woman and national committee men is to bring money from the outside, right? We cannot just tap into the local local uh, um, you know uh, donors, but we need to tap uh, to tap in from the outside too. Because you know what? Here's the thing: in Oregon, Oregon is kind of like what they call try out uh, try out policy for the Democrats. Let's see if if it's passed in uh, in Oregon, we can. Put it in the, you mean in like the, legal, the, legalizing uh, hard drugs and then see what happens? Exactly. Yeah, just like that. And then they're going to, you know, they're going to take it to the federal level. 
So, so I, my, my goal is like, you know, hey, to the outside Oregon, hey, look at, don't, you know, look at, look at Oregon, come to Oregon. You guys need to support us too. You need to, uh, you know, donate to us so we can win our, so, uh, we are like the front line, uh, defense, you know, uh, or like, you know, uh, to, 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 uh, defeat the Democrats. And in fact, it'd be nice to see Donald Trump visit the Pacific Northwest too, although the security concerns I'm sure would be legion. It's a conspiracy theory Thursday, and you're listening to the Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Quiet, please. Ladies and gentlemen. You ready for the bit so? In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Lars. This is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Lars. And now. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. Almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you, and we're live on the Radio Northwest Network. We endeavor every single day of the week to serve the Pacific Northwest states, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. We've got 26 great radio stations spread out all over the region that do exactly that, or they facilitate this show. So we're glad to do it, and we're glad to take your calls as well at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And consider this question, and I guess we have to take it seriously because it is actually a proposal before the legislature in Olympia right now. But listen carefully because this is crazy. Should convicted felons who are in prison in Washington State be allowed to both vote and run for office unless they happen to be on death row? And I would say an automatic no to that, but I thought I'd I'd get uh, Representative Jenny Graham on, Republican of Spokane, who's on the House Committee on uh, Safety, Justice, and Reentry. Uh, Representative Graham, welcome back. Hey, Lars. Thank you. It's it's a pleasure to be on your show today. Now, my um, audience is going to... Sorry. I was going to also point out that this bill allows them to sit on a jury as well. And that sounds really crazy, but I thought we'd get to that next. But tell me this. 
my audience wants to know what crazy nutcases are behind the idea of allowing convicted criminals to vote from prison and even run from office from prison and through i don't know what kind of magic they plan serve on a jury who came up with this idea and why do they think it's so important well the bill sponsor is tara simmons who is herself a felon um with a not very great record and you know that it's sadly in the time that i've spent with her a lot of the bills that she's that she because she is vice chair of the public safety committee so a lot of these really bad bills are being sponsored by her and with a democrat one party majority uh they have the votes to pass them I, I also think that Tara Simmons is incredibly narcissistic and selfish. And I'd say that to her face, because when you say, who do you represent at the legislature? Well, I've got a district. How, how big is the average rep district in people? Uh, well, boy, that they just went through a redistricting. So yeah. Some of these. Yeah, some of these districts can be really big and other ones are are much smaller. But it, so it's safe it, to say it, that she represents varies. she represents tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who are not convicted criminals. And yet you're telling me that a lot would, of her concern. Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, if, it, it, yeah, if you're agreeing to represent a whole district full of people and the vast majority of them are not criminals, they've never been to prison, they've been, never been charged with a crime. And you say, but my big concern of the legislature is representing the group that she personally belongs to, convicted criminals, right? Right. And these bills don't just affect the people that are in her district. They, they affect the entire state of Washington. I understand that. I'm just saying that if I went to the legislature and all I cared about was four or five issues that I was particularly enamored with, you know, I, you'd say, Lars, are you representing the people of your district or are you representing, you know, the things that you care about the most? And and it sounds like Representative Tara Simmons is representing the things that she cares about and the group that she happens to be a member of, convicted criminals. And that seems really self-centered and narcissistic to me. Yeah, I guess you would have to definitely take a look at the bills that she's been sponsoring and yes they are very one-sided and it's uh sad because it's really uh, affecting our washington state these these bad bills these policy bills that are coming out of the people's house while the rest of the nation is either coming down in crime or staying you know pretty level washington state is off the charts in homicide aggravated assault violent crime, pri uh, property crime theft, motor vehicle theft, uh, and these are extraordinary, extraordinarily large numbers compared to the rest of the nation. By the way, Representative Graham, I'd love to talk to Tara Simmons on this program. We've reached out before. I'm not sure she'll ever come on, but I'd, I'd love to ask her if part of the per reason for convicting people of, felony, uh, of felonies and leaving them on their record, you know, in the rare cases, where people are actually prosecuted these days, one of the things you want is for them not to behave that way again, which means the penalty has to be something they care about. If I assume that they care about voting, and you say, well, if you get a felony, though, and you're in prison, you can't vote. And, and if they really care about that, taking that away is a punishment that's intended to get you back on the straight and narrow. Giving it back 
seems, if assuming they care about it at all, um, it seems likely to, to communicate to them, what you did is not really that bad. We're still going to let you do a lot of the things that you couldn't do as an imprisoned convict before. And, and it sends the wrong message to criminals, doesn't it? It does. And there's also been some other things that have come up of concern that if they're going to get their rights restored while they are incarcerated, you can't pick and choose which rights they're going to get back. So if they've committed uh, a horrific crime, aggravated murder, and they didn't use a firearm, um, does this mean now that they get their firearms restored too? That'd be a great. No, and in fact, let me ask you this: if if one of the if this thing passes, House Bill twenty thirty. Um, if it passes and it becomes law and they can serve on a jury, is the prosecutor allowed to ask them during voir dire uh, whether or not, you know, is this is your attitude on this jury going to be affected by the fact that you are yourself a convicted criminal sitting in prison? Or is that going to be secret as well? Um, you know, I would imagine with the way that I've seen things happen that they're trying to protect as much of that as they possibly can. I've seen legislation going through the House that would do exactly that, erase um, their records, make it difficult to find information, um, it, you know, and it's, it's really the, another one of the issues that came up where there were people that were saying, oh, no, that would never happen. Um, they can't leave the location. Well, why not? They could pick them up in a vehicle and move them. But what's more probable would be that we have remote testimony now. They're using it in court. We used it uh, at the legislature when COVID hit, um, where we were actually conducting business and voting um, virtually. So if if that is allowed, I do not see what would stop that from well, be, taking be, place if, uh -huh. because remember imagine this you're a young lady you've been raped your rapist is on trial and there's a jury hearing the case and all that rapist needs is one juror to vote no to provide reasonable doubt and set that rapist free and let's say one of the jurors hearing the case is also a convicted rapist or convicted sex offender who doesn't like the system. That's Representative Jenny Graham, Republican of Spokane. She's on the House Committee on Safety, Justice, and Reentry. House Bill 2030 to restore the voting and the office-seeking abilities of convicted prisoners, criminals sitting in jail. You got the Lawrence Larson Show. me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges, but how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com.
view the videos, and then let the 1031 Exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. Exercising the right to free speech every day. This is the Lars Larson Show. We were tipped off that this female volleyball game that we witnessed earlier featured not one, not two, not three, not four, but five men pretending to be females. Three were on Seneca, two were on Centennial. Gee, can you imagine which side won? That is one of the reporters for Rebel News that posted this, and I'm going to suggest to you, it happened in Canada less than two weeks ago. It was an allegedly women's college volleyball game in Canada, and I think we're going to start seeing the same kind of thing happening in America as well. Five transgender players, three men on one side, biological men who identified as women, two on the other side, and what he described is, well, the women stayed on the bench a lot of the time. Listen to that soundbite. Not only that, the male players were always on the court. So you had biological female substitutes just sitting on the bench for the entire game. Now, this is what I've been suggesting to you it was going to happen eventually. That when, especially in team sports like volleyball, that if you have biological men who now identify as women, they are going to dominate in sports. And the women are left on the bench. Again, it happened in Canada. It was less than two weeks ago at a big college game. But if you think this isn't coming towards America, I think you're sadly mistaken. Glad to have you with me. Uh, thanks for joining me on the Lars Larson Show. If you want to join me on the phone, it's 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Naysayers always go to the head of the line on this program. Always have, always will. Send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And, uh, and you can also vote in our poll on X. You'll find that at Lars Larson Show and at LarsLarson.com. Let's go first to Mike. Hey, Mike, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Hey, Lars. Uh, my name's Mike, and I live in Bend, Oregon. And, uh, you know, our, our federal government is composed of three distinct branches, legislative, executive, and judicial. Yeah. And I have been let down by all three. Because today I heard after the Supreme Court uh, came about with the – with them saying that Donald Trump can't be on the ballot in Colorado, I heard today – that also no, oh, hold on hold mike FBI. mike for, hold on i i can't let you put bad info to the audience number one Got the it. supreme court heard the argument they have not issued a decision although it seems very likely that the u.s supreme court is going to strike down the colorado decision that trump is off the ballot they're going to support trump being on the ballot is the way we've read what the justices of the court had to say during oral arguments but they have not issued a ruling yet uh, I would expect one fairly soon, probably not this week, but but certainly we're not going to have to wait till June. So don't tell my audience that they've made a decision, nor have they made, nor do they seem likely to make a decision that Trump is off the ballot. If anything, I've predicted that they're going to have either an eight-one or a nine-zero decision in favor of keeping Trump on the ballot and slapping down the efforts of the people in Colorado uh, to say that Trump is not allowed on the ballot. So just just so that information is squared away. I agree with you on that, and I'm sorry if I misspoke. 
But what I'm trying to say also is that today, what I heard on these little news blips in between your show, when you take when you take the uh, commercial breaks, that it was reported that the same documents that that Joe Biden had, um, and he put away in his with his Corvette and in his garage and even in Chinatown. I'm just wondering. So they they said that he can't take the stand because he's too senile to take yep. the stand. That that's the that's essence the of it, Mike. So and and this is the guy, this is the, guy that's the president of the United States and has command codes for nuclear weapons. And yep. so I'm just wondering how does that fit in in how does that fit at all? It doesn't. It doesn't. It, Mike, it, it makes it makes no sense, but let me make it even worse for you. Like like you could say, well, how could it be worse than that? Consider that right now, the best president of the 21st century, President Trump, is is facing criminal charges that could send him to prison for years. And some of those relate to classified documents that he had a right as president to declassify, that he had a right to take to his home, that he was holding under lock and key at Mar-a-Lago. And the National Archives and Records Act covers all that. And there was a dispute about which documents did Trump have to return to National Archives and which did not. He's now facing criminal charges. Joe Biden, on the other hand, who admitted that when he became a U.S. senator in the early 70s, began taking classified documents that as a senator, he had absolutely zero authority to take home. He took them home. He had zero authority to hang on to them, to retain them, as the special counsel's report describes it. They use fancy lawyer words. He had no right to hang on to them. He did. And he disclosed them. Now, I don't have the details on what his disclosures were, but I'll tell you one that I suspect. There was a memo that was written by Hunter Biden, who wanted to be on the board of directors of Burisma because they were going to pay him about a million bucks a year. And he did get paid a million bucks a year for being on the board of directors of a Ukrainian natural gas company. And he wanted to show how dialed in he was to the issues involving Ukraine back when he was on the Burisma board of directors. Well, how did he do that? He wrote a memo to Burisma that was, let's put it this way, to be polite, right. remarkably similar to one of the classified briefings that Vice President Joe Biden had access to. So dad brings home this classified briefing, and all of a sudden, Hunter Biden writes a memo that looks a whole lot like it has all this information about Ukraine in it, that Hunter Biden, I mean, in the middle of, you know, visiting hookers and, 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 and consuming cocaine, I don't think Hunter Biden had this on his own. He just took dad's memo, transcribed it, you know, almost some of it word for word, and put it in a memo to these folks in, in at Burisma who wanted to pay him a million bucks a year. And you're right about Joe Biden. The special counsel, which is a fancy name for a lawyer who's been hired by the Department of Justice to investigate all these documents that Joe Biden held on to for almost half a century, from the early 70s all the way to present. And you're right. They were at the UPenn Center, which was the CHICOM-funded uh, think tank that Joe Biden had. They were stuffed in a closet, and apparently nobody even knew they were there. Joe didn't know they were there, uh, he claims, although they must have been moved at least a couple of times from when he was vice president to when he became president, and they must have been somewhere else. He also had classified documents in cardboard boxes in his garage next to his Corvette and not locked up in any way whatsoever. And you're right. Let, let me read you this one paragraph from this. 
President Biden could not even remember when he was vice president, which is not that long ago, or when his son, Bo Biden, had died. He's that dim upstairs. That's from the special counsel, Robert Hur. So Robert Hur says, this guy, you can't charge this guy because a jury would see the president, and here I'm going to quote from his report, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. But in the report, Robert Hur did conclude that Biden willfully, that means he decided to do it, he willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. So Joe Biden, who is currently the sitting president of the United States, willfully hung on to documents he had no right to. He disclosed them to somebody probably through Hunter to people in Ukraine. Um, and he hung on to all this, but you can't charge the poor darling because he's so senile that the jury would take sympathy on it. And so he's gonna skip out. Meantime, the Democrats and the DOJ are trying to put Donald Trump in prison. You got the Lars the Larson, Larson Show. Larson show. and one out of every three women will get cancer in their lifetime. Now is your moment. You may save someone you love. The V Foundation has the skill, the speed, and the strength to achieve victory over cancer. Because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Learn more at V.org. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. A powerful threat calls for a greater response. Not tomorrow. Not in a few years. Not right now. Some battles must be faced together. Cancer fighters stand up to cancer every day. And you can be part of this battle too. Visit StandUpToCancer.org to learn more. Together, we can save lives. the sound of freedom here's lars larson welcome back to the lars larson show it's a pleasure to be with you i'm glad to get you your phone calls and emails the most stunning thing that has come out today is something that has a lot of people talking including i want to get ron from uh, tacoma in just a moment um ron hold up a second because i think this is absolutely extraordinary what is what has been reported that joe biden is so senile that he can still be president but he can't be held responsible for willing violations of federal law, including stealing classified documents, holding on to those documents, and even disseminating or giving away the information in those documents. Now, I hope people remember that when that raid on Mar-a-Lago happened and the left-wing media, the legacy media, MSNBC, CNN, and the rest, they all went nuts. Why, Donald Trump has national security secrets and he's selling us out to China or he's selling us out to Russia. Do you know the Democrats do so much projection? When one of theirs is guilty of something, they start pointing fingers and shouting at the top of their lungs. But this extraordinary result from the special counsel report, so when... The uh, DOJ, the Department of Justice, under the very politicized Merrick Garland, uh, decides we have to investigate whether or not President Biden, who's a sitting president, whether or not he took 
classified documents that he had absolutely no right to take as a senator or even as vice president. Now, the stuff he takes home today, I guess he can take it home today, declassify it or whatever. He can't seem to remember he's already mistaken meeting two world leaders, uh, president of France and the president or the uh, uh, the, uh, the the chancellor of Germany. Uh, he 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 names these guys. Yeah, I met with them right after I became president. They were both dead. One of them had been dead for 25 years when Joe Biden remembers meeting him in the last three years. He remembers meeting people who were dead a long time ago. But consider this. So the special counsel is hired by the DOJ to go and look at this classified documents problem. Because Joe Biden's got classified documents in Chinatown. He's got classified documents at the Chinese Communist-funded think tank at the UPenn Center, the Biden Center at UPenn. that was funded by the Chinese Communist government through University of Pennsylvania, which is a private university. He's got some of the documents in his garage in um, in uh, Rehoboth Beach, uh, Delaware, or at his, at his main house in Delaware. Um, and they're sitting in a cardboard box, unlocked, not secured, or anything else. And they've charged President Trump with crimes for having classified documents that he had under lock and key. He knew what they were. He was communicating with the archives about giving them back and, or, you know, about which ones had to be given back and which ones did not. And I had a lot of people after that raid at Mar-a-Lago call me up and they say, well, Donald Trump took documents he had no right to. I said, no, there was a disagreement between archives and the Trump campaign uh, about which documents had to be returned and which did not. If you think that's something new, I would suggest to you that both in private industry and in government, these kind of disputes happen from time to time. Somebody goes home from a governor's office or somebody goes home, goes home from the U.S. Senate and they say, I don't want to give up those documents. Well, you have to. And then the lawyers get together and they figure out which one is right. And, and sometimes the person trying to hang on to the documents is right. But what we do know is that Joe Biden in interviews has said he began taking classified documents from the government as early as 1974 when he was a U.S. senator who had no legal authority to possess those documents. He could look at them in a skiff, you know, at, uh, through the U.S. Congress, but he couldn't take them with him. He took them. He kept them. He apparently disclosed them to a number of people. And now the special counsel says this. President Joe Biden could not remember when he was vice president of the United States. I can remember when he was vice president of the United States. This is just a few years ago. I mean, he went in with Barack Obama. He became vice president in January of 2009. He left in January of 2017 when Donald Trump thankfully took over. He couldn't remember when he was vice president. He couldn't remember when his son, Bo Biden, died, who died, if memory serves, in the mid-teens, like 2015, 2016, because he had cancer. And yet Joe runs around in campaign speeches saying, my son served in Iraq and he died in Iraq because of the Iraq war, which is a big, fat lie. So all I'm telling you is, but Robert Hur, the special counsel, says you can't bring charges for mishandling, I would call it theft, of classified documents because a jury would see the president as, quote, a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. So he's senile, 
but he can still go on as president of the United States. If that makes sense to any Democrat, I'd love to take the naysayer call. In the meantime, Ron, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Well, what's on my mind, Lars, is exactly what we've been talking about all day on your show. Um, your, uh, that one caller you had on there, I, I heard the same broadcast he heard. It, the problem is, is ABC, some of these news agencies just keep lying every time you go to break. And I about fell out of my truck when I heard it, and it took me about 30 seconds to realize it was just another episode of the Democrat show. But, you know, I don't know if you caught that. Uh, you're, that one caller was right on the money when, uh, they were, when you were saying, uh, uh, that just Robert Hurt said that he's, uh, I don't know, uh, old and, I don't know, he's just not uh, able to process, but making all these excuses why they can't prosecute him. I got news for you. Uh, this is the United States of America. That's for a jury to find, not a politician. Uh, this is obstruction of justice. And if you ask me what's going on here, this is political terrorism. And if you think for five seconds I, as an American citizen, are going to listen to anything the Democrats say after today, no way, Jack. I got to tell you something, Ron. There, there, this needs to happen. And I know there are reporters I know who have no guts. And there are politicians who have no guts. And they say, well, you know, I can't say those things about the president because he's the president. Or I can't ask that kind of hard question. Yes, you can. If somebody decides they want to seek an office, I don't care if it's dog catcher, mayor, county commissioner, governor, senator, or president of the United States. If you're not up to it, then submit your resignation. Let somebody else take your place. Somebody who's even crazier, in this case, that'd be Kamala Harris. But instead, he's going to get away with having committed crimes literally for decades because they say, well, we can't do this to him because the jury would be very sympathetic to him. If we're worried that this guy has given away classified secrets, remember how absolutely apoplectic the mainstream media was well donald trump has got all i mean there were people saying he's got nuclear secrets he's giving away our classified information to our enemies to china to russia to whoever and you say hold on a second you've got a guy sitting in the office right now who could decide to send our whole national security strategy to the mad mullahs in tehran if he wanted to and if he's so senile that a jury would look at him sympathetically why wouldn't he he wants to he wants to curry favor with the leaders of Tehran. So uh, why wouldn't he do that? I mean, he seems like one big national security risk. And I want Republicans to start demanding answers on it. And in fact, the 25th Amendment provides that if a majority of his cabinet officers and the vice president go to the House of Representatives and say, the president is not capable of doing the job anymore. I realize we get Kamala Harris. But guess what? The Democrats get Kamala Harris, too. What do you think of that? Yeah, and you know the sad part about that feed your, your, that last caller was talking about uh, after that little scare session, just after they got done uh, uh, minimizing uh, his culpability in, in some crime, the next segment come up, the next commercial, and then they were talking how he's presidential timber. Which is it? Yeah, is, is he so senile he can't be charged with a crime, but not nearly senile enough that he can't still be the president of the United States. And remember all the people who were worried about Reagan and Trump, why they've got the finger on the button. 
Joe Biden also has his finger on the button, and apparently he is certifiably senile because his own Department of Justice says so. Back in a moment, you're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. The groundbreak with me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. Be honest. You're listening because you like what you hear. Right? Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm glad to get to your calls at 866-HEY-LARS. And if you're a naysayer, and I'm going to go to a naysayer here in just a moment, uh, you can go to 866-439-5277. Send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. Vote in our poll on X. You'll find that at Lars Larson Show on X, also on our website at LarsLarson.com. Should Nikki Haley bow out of the presidential race, or does she still have a chance? I'd say, no, she should bow out about now. But I have a feeling her Republican establishment donors are going to keep the money flowing as long as they think they have a chance to sideline Donald Trump. And you can see how well that's not working out. Today's Poll on X is brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at ultimatetruckservice.com. Uh, also, uh, i, I got to talk to Marty about this. Marty, you're a naysayer. Uh, I don't know if I've ever yeah. taken a call from you, but what is it you and I yeah. disagree about that makes you a naysayer? So uh, you uh, interviewed Matt Gates yesterday, and yep. you, you uh, mentioned uh, Tom McClintock from California yep. and his, his no vote for uh, impeaching Mayorkas. Yep. And I, most of the time I agree with you, but this time I, I don't because I, I listened to this interview with him. And so his reasoning was this. Uh, you can't be, be be impeached for being bad at your job was the first part, and then wait for the second Which part. Which is so a false premise. Was, but... Well, well um, and the, sure it and is. Mar Marty, hold on. Do you think that right, do you sure. think that Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, is following the law? Oh, I hate him. I, no, I, no, I didn't ask you that. Terrible. Listen to no. the question. Is yeah, he right. following? Is he following, is he following the, law? the law? No, but. He is, he is following the request of his boss. It doesn't matter because Marty, he, he isn't, if you look at his oath, his oath is not to Joe Biden. I, I swear to stay loyal to Joe Biden all day long and the Democrat Party on, you know, uh, yeah. twice as much. Right, so let, his let me, his let me oath to is to. Point. Let me get okay. to my second point. I'll skip past yeah. that one. Okay. So the, 
The second point was, no, that's a good point. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. But the second point was, so you impeach him. Do you think, like, Biden's going to hire some new conservative who's going to enforce No, him? no, no. But if you so, if we have to pay it, no, but hold on, Marty, if we have to play whack-a-mole, then that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Do you think, do, let me ask you a question that goes right to your point. Do you think the yeah. founders who's, who put impeachment in as one of the powers of Congress to be used relatively rarely, last time a cabinet secretary was impeached was, I think, 1876. Uh, my memory's not as bad as Joe Biden's right now. But, <laughs> but do you think they put it in there because they said occasionally... You're going to have somebody who just completely flips his lid and goes out and does crazy things. Or do you think they said sometimes presidents will name people to do jobs who will then violate the law, violate the Constitution and put America in danger? And you go in and you take one out and you say, but isn't the president going to put one in who's just as bad, maybe worse? You say, yeah. And when they put him in, as soon as he commits high crimes and misdemeanors, fails to uphold his oath, puts the country in danger, all of which Mayorkas has done, will whack that mole, too. Or do you think the founder said, hey, if you got a bad guy and he might be replaced by somebody who's just as bad by Joe Biden or whoever it happens to be that has named that federal official, go ahead and leave him there. Because he'll just because if you take him out, he'll just be replaced by somebody else. There has to be the threat of impeachment to get people to stay within their limits, doesn't there? <clears throat> impeachment is it's, it's a really really tough thing to figure out what the founders actually wanted. I mean, you're smarter than I am. I'll give you they that. wanted a uh, president. They wanted a president to appoint. See, but, officials. See, but this isn't and, about the president. This is about Mayorkas. Well, Mayorkas is a cabinet I secretary. Wish, wish he He's chosen by the president. Right. He worked. I it. And, and I, wish, okay. I wish he was thrown out. But No, no, but, but uh, Marty, then why would you so say so McClintock? AOC, be, AOC becomes the new, you know. Uh, fine. <laughs> Let her do department. it. Let her do it. But, but the point is. Like worse than him. Okay. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you think that what Mayorkas is doing is putting American national security at risk right now? Yes. Okay. So the founders gave Congress the power to remove bad officials. Now, I don't think the Senate's going to vote right. to convict him after the House impeaches him, but that's not the point. The point is... If you have the power to remove bad officials and you were given the power in the Constitution and then you say, eh, he just probably put somebody worse in. So we'll just let the guy stay there doing what he's doing. Is that the right way to respond to people who are violating the law and putting America in danger? Well, so, I mean, my, I, my ultimate point, Lars, is that you're going after the wrong official. It's, it's Biden, not Mayorkas. Oh, Biden comes next. Biden comes next. I put. Uh, look, I've been pitching for Biden's impeachment for a long time. But, but, but yeah. you you could make this. See, I could take your argument. You know what your argument would be applied to Biden. If you impeach Biden, you get that dimwit Kamala Harris, who is. If you could imagine, if if, if you could imagine worse than Joe Biden, because it's hard to imagine worse than Joe Biden right about now. I mean, too senile to be charged with a crime, too senile to be held responsible for stealing classified documents and giving them away to God knows who. But but not senile enough to be removed. You'd say, well, you're just going to get Kamala Harris. Yes, we might get Kamala Harris. 
I'll say touche both ways, right? <laughs> Either way, we're just going to get somebody worse than the person who was in there before. There has to be a consequence for violating the law and violating the Constitution. And if the people in charge of enforcing that, like Tom McClintock, say, I'm not going to do it, then he needs to go as well. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show. The Lars Larson. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com.